Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prail. With the economic downturn and poor job market, many find themselves having to juggle full-time jobs with side hustles just to get by. Whether it's hand-making jewelry or selling homemade jams, we'll look at how side gigs have become a necessity, especially for younger workers. But first, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors yesterday approved a committee to study how the city could provide reparations for its black residents. We'll discuss what that might look like for San Francisco, who could get them, and what it will take to make it happen. That's next on Forum, right after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail. Yesterday, in a historic move, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors approved a 15-member African-American Reparations Advisory Committee that will explore what reparations could look like for San Francisco's Black residents. The news comes on the heels of a new nationwide UMass Amherst poll last week that shows two-thirds of Americans are opposed to the idea of reparations. Here with me to talk about the committee's plans and the poll are Shimon Walton, president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Welcome back to Forum, Supervisor Walton. Thank you so and, much for having me. And we also have Tatish Nateta, Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of Massachusetts Amherst and Director of the UMass Poll. Welcome to Forum, Tatish Nateta. Thanks for having me. So Supervisor Walton, I'm going to start with you just to get a grasp of, of what, um, what's in store for this committee. And it's the result of legislation you proposed in January of last year calling for a task force to take up this issue. Tell us about why this issue has been a priority for you and why the board voted to make it a priority for San Francisco. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a priority because, as you know, Black people here in this country, we came here against our will. We are responsible for building a vibrant economy and really providing free labor for hundreds of years. And yet we were never given a real opportunity to have true wealth and build true wealth uh, to provide generational wealth for our families and our communities. And so reparations has been on the table for far too long. And we finally were able to legislate here in San Francisco, a working group that's gonna look at all the injustices, not just from the impacts of slavery, but also the injustices that we've suffered here in San Francisco, whether it be the out-migration, the redevelopment pushing out and really changing the look and feel of the Fillmore, redlining, all the things that we continue to suffer from here in San Francisco as a result of impacts of slavery and systemic racism and policies that have existed for far too long. 
So this group will look at those injustices, prioritize the needs and come up with a true reparations plan and package and resources to make sure that we change those outcomes that have led to so many negative impacts for the black community here in San Francisco. And so will the outcomes from the committee be considered recommendations for how San Francisco could act or is it coming up with a plan for how it will act? It's coming up with a plan for how it will act. Uh, And obviously we're going to have to be strong in in terms of what we do as the policymakers here in San Francisco. But this committee will look at all those injustices, come up with a reparations plan and package and a way to resource them. And we will get this, uh, get the recommendations pushed through and turn them into actual policy and make sure that reparations are achieved and received for the black community here in the city. And what's the timeline and um, and exactly what and so you said it's the recommendation. So this is a plan that will be delivered at the at the end of this period. So the first uh, part of this is within 18 months, uh, the task force will come together with a plan in writing of what we want to do, what we need to do, what we should do here in San Francisco. And then we'll finalize it and within two years uh, put this plan into implementation. So it's going to be a process. Uh, I think a lot of people should know this past year, Mayor Breed and I, we redirected resources from San Francisco Police Department to the tune of $120 million for this fiscal year and next fiscal year. So $60 million each fiscal year. And we use those resources specifically to improve outcomes for a black population here in San Francisco. And I really look at that as the first step towards reparations. So $60 million going towards home ownership for the black community, small businesses, mental health and wellness, workforce development. And these things are going to hit community very soon. The resources are hitting the community. There's been an RFP process for black organizations to get the resources and actually improve outcomes in those areas. And I really see that as the first form of reparations where you have $60 million going into the community to address the systemic issues that need to change the impacts in the Black community. And will reparations apply to all Black residents who are descendants of enslaved people, or will there be an income threshold, or are those the kinds of things that will be researched in the committee? You just answered it. The committee will be responsible for looking at all that and coming up with the strategies, what it looks like, who is going to benefit, how they'll benefit. These are the things that the committee are going to have to work on. And last year, you know, California established a commission to study reparations on a statewide level. Other parts of the country are considering it, too. So there seems to be some momentum on the issue. What are you hearing from constituents, your constituents, regarding regarding reparations and putting this committee in place? Well, obviously, we support uh, studies and commissions, and I think they're important. But the reality of it is we've been studying reparations for hundreds of years, and we actually need to put some things into place and some, some things into action. So we're going to continue to do that. Here in San Francisco, we have a large groundswell of folks who support this. This passed unanimously at the Board of Supervisors, uh, both the legislation, the resolution, and now the the push for the advisory committee. So that is reflective of what our constituents want, what we want to see here in San Francisco. And we're going to continue to push for what the people understand and know. If you look at what happened with not only George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, but all the injustices in the Black community and people dying at the hands of law enforcement, and now things are being captured on social media and on video. People are starting to learn what we've already known in terms of how we are treated and mistreated as Black people in this country. And so a lot of folks are in support of reparations for the Black community. Now we just have to make it a reality. 
Well, let's hear from some more folks and bring our listeners into the conversation. Do you support reparations? If so, what should they look like? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. And Tatish Nateta, also on the topic of hearing from people, new results from the UMass Amherst poll on whether the federal government should pay reparations to the descendants of enslaved people were released last week. And as expected, with all issues, there's opposition, um, some opposition to the idea. And your poll got at some of the specific reasons why some are opposed, which I found very interesting. Can you share not only some of the headlining stats, but some of the key viewpoints the poll revealed? Yeah, so we asked the question as to whether or not the federal government should pay uh, the descendants of slaves in cash payments. And we found uh, about 60% of Americans opposed uh, cash payments uh, going to the descendants of slaves. And this was, there was sort of strong opposition across demographic groups. So across gender groups, uh, income groups, educational groups, um, racial groups as well, there was this sort of strident opposition uh, to the notion that the federal government um, should provide cash payments to the descendants of slaves. The groups that we saw that were supportive um, are somewhat unsurprising. Uh, We saw members of the Democratic coalition, Democrats, progressives, and African-Americans, as well as young people, uh, expressing support for reparations for the descendants of slaves. And, you know, one of the big questions here that I know that... um, Supervisor Walton and the committee you'll be tackling is how do you determine what's fair and just? And, you know, I think that's why these uh, committees and commissions are popping up or the proposals to establish him. But Natish Nateta, um, Nateta, Tatish Nateta, my apologies, what are your thoughts on where to start those conversations? Yeah, I think we're starting at the local level. Um, this is a reflection of federalism. And so local communities know uh, their residents, their constituents and they are acutely aware of the socioeconomic inequities um, that plague their constituents, particularly African-American constituents. So we're seeing reparations pushes at the local level. We see it, of course, in San Francisco, but in Evanston, in my backyard of Amherst, Massachusetts. Uh, We see it in Asheville, North Carolina. So we're seeing in Iowa City. So we're seeing it in a number of progressive cities across the country. And the likelihood is that these will be the forerunners of local efforts to start studying this issue and really making the connection between the impact, the legacy of slavery and the contemporary socioeconomic inequalities that we see every day based upon race. And the idea here is, you know, when we ask the question, why is it that people oppose reparations? One of the central uh, reasons that people offered was that were that the descendants of slaves are unworthy of these cash payments. And so if you read into this result, the assumption here is that there's a lack of education, a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge regarding the connection between the institution of slavery and then the subsequent system of subjugation and white supremacy known as Jim Crow and the same forms of racial discrimination that we saw in the North and in the Midwest and in the West and the contemporary standing of African-Americans. And so many of these um, uh, attempts at the local level and even at the federal level with HR 40 and the creation of committees to study the issue of slavery and the 1619 project are about sort of educating people 
about the original sin of the United States of America and this issue of slavery. Well, I'm getting a comment here from Trisha, who writes, San Francisco has so few black residents, it is embarrassing and shocking. Let's provide a affordable home ownership to attract black retirees like my friends who have moved out of town to attract families and singles. Sorry, the page is moving a little. Let's provide substantial down payments, low interest loans and rental assistance and provide student loan refinancing, low rates and forgiveness. Supervisor Walton, your your thoughts on Trisha's, um, I guess, ideas here. I think that uh, Trisha is making a lot of valid points and it's exciting to hear those ideas come to fruition. I mean, here's the reality. Uh, reparations for a while was thought of specifically as cash payments, but this is not just about cash payments. This could be a form of cash payments, free education, tangible home ownership opportunities, resources for those over-criminalized, real job and career opportunities, things that are gonna create generational wealth, the generational wealth that black people were never allowed to have and that goes not just for San Francisco, but quite frankly, across this country. So I agree with some of those strategies and ideas. And that's why we put a 15 member task force in place to come up with strategies. We did not want to do anything that would put the impression that uh, policymakers were making that decision. This should really come from the black community, folks who have lived in San Francisco, raised in San Francisco, who understand the injustices here in San Francisco. So. You know, we have to get away from the, the thought that reparations is solely about a cash payment because a cash payment does not allow us to achieve the generational wealth that Black people deserve for building this country for free. And that's what we have to address. We're talking about San Francisco's African-American Reparations Advisory Committee approved by the Board of Supervisors yesterday. That was Supervisor Shaman Walton, president of San Francisco Board of Supervisors. We're also with Tatish Nateta, associate professor of political science at the University of Am uh, Massachusetts Amherst, who's director of the UMass Poll. And with you, our listeners, we want to hear your thoughts. Do you support reparations? Give us a call, 866-733-6786, Twitter, Facebook at KQED Forum, or email forum at kqed.org. More after the break. I'm Ariana Prail. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail. We're talking about San Francisco's African-American Reparations Advisory Committee approved by the Board of Supervisors yesterday. I'm with Supervisor Shimon Walton, who's president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, and Tatish Nateta, Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, who just released a poll um, taking the temperature on feelings about reparations that were released last week. And we want to hear your thoughts. Do you support reparations? You can give us a call at 866-733-6786 or email us at forum at kqed.org. Let's go to caller Sally in San Francisco. Sally, you're on. Hi. Um, my question or my concern is, I, I know I'm from Cuba. I came from Cuba, my family in the 70s. Well, who's going to be paying for the reparations? Why would I have to pay for something that that we didn't do? And or and my husband is from Asia, so is he going to get reparations as well? For you know, because they had suffered as well. So how is this going to be affecting us 
people who have nothing to do and then I could barely pay work in San Francisco. Are my taxes going to go up more? I don't see that as fair. Thank you for your comment, Sally. Uh, Supervisor Walton, I'll start with you. And then Tatish Nateta, I'd also like to get your thoughts on on this kind of question. Well, first thing is, one, uh, that is exactly what the advisory committee is tasked with in terms of coming up with how we're going to resource the reparations plan and package. But we've seen reparations provided for our Native American community, for our Japanese brothers and sisters. And so this is not something new. Uh, This is something that has existed in terms of people being given an opportunity to to make these wrongs right. So we've seen other populations, ethnicities and races receive reparations here in the United States. But here's the reality. If restitution is not made and reparations not instituted to compensate for prior injustices, then those injustices are in effect rewarded. And that's exactly what has been happening from slavery and from the impacts of all the systemic systemic and systematic racist policies that have harmed the black community. It seems like they're being rewarded for that. They continue to push down the black community, continue to create strategies and policies that only lead to negative outcomes for the black community. So I understand that people may have their own concerns because they think and feel that they weren't a part of the injustices. But the fact of the matter is, if you accept what is happening in the black community, if you think it's okay what is happening in the black community, then you are a part of the problem. And that is why we are going to continue to fight for reparations and get people to understand that accepting those injustices, accepting those wrongs and not being a part of solution means that you are in fact a part of the problem. And can you expound just a little bit in terms of the reparations you um, mentioned earlier that we have done, that this isn't new? Well, uh, you know, because we put Japanese community in internment camps during the World War II, um, their families were compensated with cash payments, I believe around $30,000 for uh, some of those families. Uh, Native Americans have been given land and have been given opportunities uh, to do things to build generational wealth. Obviously, we have a lot more that we should have and should be doing for our Native American community. But I want people to understand and know that uh, reparations is not just a concept. Uh, we have given reparations to other races and ethnicities here in this country. And Tatish Nateta, what are some of the considerations, you know, when figuring out who might be eligible for, uh, for reparations? Yeah, so, I mean, this is one of the fundamental questions as it pertains to reparations is, well, what are the boundaries regarding a reparations program? So the most popular understanding is that reparations would go to the descendants of slaves, um, but there have been calls for reparations as a result of the Jim Crow system. There have been calls for reparations as a result of redlining that, you know, occurred up until the 80s and 90s, and some would argue to, to today. And so I think one of the fundamental issues that a number of the local communities, including San Francisco, needs to establish are what the boundaries of this program are. And going back to the caller's um, comments, this is a central concern of individuals. How are we going to pay for a program that will be going, potentially, if it's at the federal level, to millions of people? We can look to the local level for a potential solution. So in Evanston, in Illinois, uh, they're using the tax uh, revenue from the sale of marijuana 
to fund their reparations program. So it's about creating innovation. It's about the about thinking outside of the box to deal with, again, the original sin of this nation. And the original sin of this nation is its treatment of African-Americans um, and the issue in the institution of slavery. Well, I'm going to welcome caller Rob from Guerneville. Rob, you're on. Rob, are you there? Hello? Hi, we can hear you now. What's it? Welcome to Forum. What's your comment? Okay, um, my comment, uh, I'm, I'm an old white liberal progressive. I'm totally an ally. I believe, I believe in pre- reparations. Um, I really do take, uh, I, I really have an issue with calling slavery the original sin of this country. Um, you know, you mentioned that there have been reparations to Native Americans. And I really believe the original sin of this country was taking this country from the Native Americans. And I don't really believe that the uh, assistance that we've given to Native Americans has has really helped them that much. Uh, You know, they were given land, but it's pretty much the worst land in the country that no one else wanted. And, you know, I just really hope that uh, we can do better for them better for the black community, better for all oppressed people. Um, uh, all, all the way across the board in this country. Uh, so I'll, thank you. I appreciate yes. your time. Thank you for sharing your comment. And I'm going to go next to Mary in Napa. Mary, you're on. Yes, hi. Um, I fully believe that this is long overdue, so I support it. I also feel that it should not be only for those descendants of slaves, because as has been already noted, the, the system is going against every black person in our country right now as we speak. Um, so I do, I, I also agree with many that perhaps it should not be cash. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. It should be studied. But I think there are many, many ways of helping lift people up that maybe can be better than cash, you know, whether it's education, low interest loans, helping them find housing, whatever. But we will all be better off when we can help each other, including all of the black people who have been held down for so long. Well, thank you for sharing your comment, Mary. And Supervisor Walton, as we close, I'm curious, who will be on the committee? Is this a mixture of community members, scholars? What's, what's that looking like? You hit the nail on the head, actually. It's a mixture of community members, scholars, uh, faith-based community leaders, leaders from CBO, organi- community-based organizations that provide services in community, people who've lived in public housing, uh, people who are displaced here in San Francisco. So it's a mixture of everyone. And I, and I just want to say that uh, I thank the, the callers uh, for their statements. And I agree with the caller about the fact that even though there's been a small, minute form of reparations for the Native American community, we need to do more. This is not about pitting one community against another, but this is about reparations and repair for the black community, which has never happened. They have never received any form of reparations here in San Francisco and quite frankly across the country with the exception of a couple of small places that have provided some strategies. And there was a statement made um, earlier about, um, you know, not just being about slavery and also the Jim Crow system, which is true, but the Jim Crow system draws a very evident correlation to slavery and redlining and eradication of black populations here in San Francisco draws a direct correlation to Jim Crow. And so it is all connected because the reality of it is we were brought here and our ability to reproduce was taken away. 
our ability to receive an education was taken away. Those impacts of, of, of that and the fact that we provided free labor for hundreds of years go directly to slavery. And everything that we see that has hit Black people in this country kept us from generational wealth, kept us from true success, and kept us from being able to really overturn these negative systemic negative impacts go back to slavery. And it's unfortunate, and we need to be repaired for that. Well, thank you. That was Shimon Walton, president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Thanks for coming on to talk about this historic move, San Francisco's first African-American reparations advisory committee. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, and thank you all for participating. And thanks to Tatish Nateta, Associate Professor of Political Science, University of Massachusetts Amherst, and Director of the UMass Poll. Thanks for helping us understand kind of the broader view of this issue as well. Thanks for having me. Take care. And we will have more coming up next in a moment. We'll be talking about side hustles during the pandemic. You're listening to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.